Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation. It is Wednesday, August the 4th, 2021. Today we are once again in Exodus 34, verses 5 through 7. We're going to read a verse, part of verse 7 that we haven't read all throughout this series. And we're going to get into it a little bit today. So Exodus 34, 5 says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And this is the new part. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. So we've been talking about this God who is loving, compassionate, gracious. And I am sure some of you may have wondered, yeah, but when does the other shoe drop? And then this part of the verse you might be saying, yeah, that's more like the God that I've envisioned growing up. And, and so I think we need to work a little bit on this part of um, what God says to Moses. First of all, um, we need to keep it in the context of the larger body of Scripture. So um, first of all, what, what's going on when God gives Moses his name is that Israel has already worshipped idols. Moses and God were on the mountain. God is making this covenant with Israel, giving Moses the Ten Commandments. And while Moses is up there, the people at the bottom have created, fashioned for themselves a golden calf and are worshipping it. And so this, the situation is that Israel is failing even as the covenant is made. And so I think what we want to think about as we look at this, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Uh, first of all, that word punished is probably, uh, in English, a word that, that brings all kinds of connotations with us. Um, if we look at the larger body of Scripture, what we see more, more often what God does is God leaves us to our devices. So I like to think about it like this, that if a parent has a child who's continually getting in trouble with the law, continually causing havoc in the city, and you keep going and bailing out the child and bailing out the child, uh, eventually the most loving thing you can do is let the child sit it out, maybe in jail, and think about what's going on in their life and, uh, and maybe actually realize some of the weight of the consequence of the damage that they're doing in the world. And so as we look at the larger body of scripture, we see that this is generally how God, God will not just continually 
Um, he does not just forgive and and like a permissive parent, just oh everything's okay. It doesn't matter what you do. There are right ways and wrong ways to live, and they have real consequences in our world. We all know this in our hearts. We know that in the movie, the guy who cheats is the scumbag, right? I mean, that's how that's how the world works. We know that there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. A great illustration of this point of God not leaving the guilty unpunished is this. Uh, I was watching this show called Breaking Bad, and a guy named Jesse Pinkman, he has just murdered someone, and he's going to one of these 12-step groups. And in the 12-step group, because he's also a drug addict, everybody, everything is fine. Just share whatever. It's okay. It's all okay. And Jesse kind of gets fed up with it after a while. He says, is it okay? Is it okay that I just murdered someone? Is that really okay with you? And he tells this whole story of what he did and everyone's jaw is on the floor. Uh, And so basically in order for God to be loving, in order for there to be love, um, it also has to be true that evil just can't go unchecked. And so if you look at Jesus the woman caught in the act of adultery. He loves the woman. He loves her right where she's at. She's committed a sin. They've dragged her out in the public. They've shamed her. And he doesn't go in for any of that shame. He says, "Have where are your accusers? After he asked them all to throw the first stone, if they have any sin, no sin in their life and they all walk away, he says, where are your accusers? But he does also say, now go and leave your life of sin. Because um, God wants for us to flourish, for us to thrive, and for us to live abundant life. But we can't continually sin and have that happen. And so God often will let us reap the consequences of our sin. And here it says, even to the third and the fourth generation. So we have to be careful with that. It's not that the children are suffering because of something their parents did. That's kind of how we read that. But it's more that the children haven't turned away from the sins of their mothers and fathers. And we see that all throughout Israel's history. One king will come on the scene and commit all these uh, acts of idolatry and worship of the Baals. And then that king's son will do the exact same thing. And then on and on and on. And so we, we do pick up things from our parents, but we each have a responsibility to live in ways that God has called us to live. And so our responsibility then is to turn back and to repent to this God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. So here's the key. God's not just going to wipe everything out and just say, just do what you want, because that will be harmful for us and for everyone else. God will sometimes let us sit in the consequences of our sin. God will correct us. The Holy Spirit will convict us. But all that is to lead us back to God. And so the correct response when we find ourselves in any place uh, of suffering because of our sin, of conviction, is simply just to confess our sin and trust that we do have this God who is compassionate and gracious slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. If you think about the the final picture in Revelation, says that there are certain people who won't be in the new heaven and the new earth. 
And they are those people who are causing all the havoc and destruction in the world. If you think about it, if God allowed everyone just to be in, which a lot of people think that's how it should be, <laughs> there would be the same world that we live in now with all the pain, the brokenness. Um, God will draw all of us, wants all of us to be in, but we can choose to continually reject God. And there are consequences for the way we live. Thankfully, there is also a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And he will forgive us, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.